Notre Dame currently has the number one recruiting class in the country, but they'll need to land top talent at these positions on offense if they want to stay at the top come signing day. That's all coming right up. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 17th, and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. I'm Tyler Wojcik, and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And this episode, as well as every other episode, is free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So if you're watching along on YouTube today, I'd really appreciate it if you like the video below and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. If you're listening to the podcast, you can rate the show five stars, leave a review, and of course, subscribe there as well. All of that goes a long way in helping out the show, and I really do appreciate all of it. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post a job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. A lot of recruiting coverage coming your way this week, and there's a reason for that. Notre Dame is hosting its Junior Day this upcoming weekend on campus, although it's called Junior Day, but it's really a junior weekend because a lot of prospects in the class of 2025 are going to make their way on campus. They're going to be able to spend some time with the Notre Dame coaching staff. They're going to be able to walk around at the freezing cold campus. And this weekend, and really this period of time, uh, is going to go a long way as Notre Dame continues to build its class of 2025. There's also going to be a couple prospects in the class of 2026 as well. But really, we're going to focus on the class of 2025 today. And actually started earlier this week um, on yesterday's episode, I had Brian Smith, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider, on the show to talk about the early enrollees who are getting their start at Notre Dame this week. And then we really started to do uh, a deep dive into that class of 2025, which is the first time I've really done that um, on this podcast. We've obviously done recruiting coverage on the show before, but I haven't really gone in depth on this class until yesterday. And we're going to continue that over the course of these next two days as we gear up for Junior Day. So today I'm going to go over the biggest needs left uh, on the offensive side of the ball in Notre Dame's recruiting class this cycle. Like I said earlier, Notre Dame has a lot of commits already. That's a big reason why they have the number one ranked class in the country. So this is more of uh, what I think Notre Dame should prioritize the rest of the way, assuming that they are able to maintain all of the guys who are currently committed in the class. And I'll mention those guys as well because they're obviously important to the makeup of this group and this list. Then tomorrow, I'm basically going to do the same exercise for the defensive side of the ball. And then on Friday's episode, we're going to do another mailbag. So Get your questions in. If you want to be featured on the show, send them in at uh, on X at Lockdown Irish or on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod. But let's get to my list of the biggest needs on offense in this cycle. And the first one is probably not going to come as a surprise to any of you who listen to this show every day. It's wide receiver. You've heard me criticize the position a lot in the past, and there's a reason for that. Notre Dame has not had a really impressive receiver room since 2019 when Chase Claypool was wide receiver number one. Uh, that trend has continued over the course of the past several years. And then um, this past December, in the first week after Notre Dame's regular season ended with their win over Stanford, Notre Dame lost four wide receivers to the transfer portal. So even though Chancey Stuckey had really made some gains uh, on the recruiting trail, he recruited a lot of really um, talented guys to the team, and that showed itself last season when a lot of true freshmen were seeing significant time at wide receiver. 
when you lose four guys, including three underclassmen in Tobias Merriweather, Rico Flores, and Braylon James, you're going to have to continue to reload in the high school recruiting ranks. And even though Notre Dame has been good, or at least in this past cycle, about adding wide receivers out of the transfer portal. They got Bo Collins out of Clemson and then Chris Mitchell um, out of Florida International who are going to play a lot next season. And then they got Jaden Harrison for Marshall. Like, that's great. But if Notre Dame wants elite skill players, uh, especially wide receiver, they're probably going to have to do it by recruiting top prospects out of high school. So right now, Notre Dame does not have any current wide receiver commits in this class. It's actually going to be one of the most interesting positions to follow the rest of the way because Notre Dame just made a change at the position coach there. It was Chancey Stuckey. Um, then he was let go one day after Marcus Freeman said that he was going to retain his entire staff, or at least he was hoping to. Hires Mike Brown, and he's got his work cut out for him on the recruiting trail. Um, he, here's a couple names to watch. Dalen McCutcheon uh, and three-star wide receiver Jerome Bettis Jr. are going to be on campus this weekend for Junior Day. I know that uh, considering Jerome Bettis Jr. is Jerome Bettis' son, Notre Dame is in great position with him. But until he commits to Notre Dame, the staff is going to have to continue to work hard in order to secure that commitment. Dalen McCutcheon, top 100 guy, he would be a great addition in this class. And then a couple other names to watch out for. Derek Meadows, he's a top 150 wide receiver that Notre Dame is pursuing. And then there is the Alabama decommit, the recent Alabama decommit, Jamie French. He's a five-star. He's the number three wide receiver in this class. And as soon as he decommitted from Alabama, there's a bunch of Notre Dame fans on message boards saying, like, Notre Dame needs to pursue him. And I agree. They they absolutely should. But I think he's going to be a bit of a reach at this point in time. So, They've got a long way to go. I think they need three wide receivers again in this class because even though they added a really strong group last uh, cycle and five-star Cam Williams, four-star Micah Gilbert, and three-star Logan Soldate, I really like that group, and I like what Notre Dame has as, as true sophomores and Jane Greathouse and Jordan Faison. You need to continue to add guys um, every single year and work to add some really high-end talent at that wide receiver position because odds are more wide receivers are going to leave down the road. That's just the nature of the position. All right, let's move on to number two. I've got offensive tackles. So I separated offensive line into two groups, tackles and then interior offensive linemen. And right now, Notre Dame doesn't have any proven tackles on the roster, and they need to find the next Joe Alt, who just declared for the NFL draft just a few weeks ago. Now, I'm not saying that Notre Dame needs to get a, a five-star offensive tackle in this class so that they could play next season. No, that, that's not the case at all. But they need to continue to build in that room because if Notre Dame is ever going to be elite – they have to be elite on the offensive line in order to accomplish their goals. The offensive line is the foundation of the program, and the tackle positions are the most important on the offensive line, especially the left tackle. So in last year's class, Notre Dame added four-star Gerby Lambert. It was a huge get. He was the number four tackle in the class, number 42 player in the country. Huge addition to that class. They also added um, Styles Prescott, who I believe is a true tackle. Uh, he's a four-star as well. And they already have Will Black committed in this class. Will Black is just outside the top 300. He's a four-star. I think his, his potential is really through the roof. It's great that they have one. I think they definitely need to add another. And they're in the mix with uh, some really talented prospects, including four-star Jack Lang, four-star Owen Strebig, and uh, three-star Matty Augustine. All three of those guys are going to be on campus this weekend for Junior Day. So 
Notre Dame really needs to make a great impression with all three of them. I'm not sure how the numbers shake out, and maybe um, Notre Dame could look at a guy maybe like Matty Augustine and picture him as more of a guard at the college level. You see that happen all the time where the staff will recruit a tackle, uh, someone who's listed as a tackle, someone who plays tackle in high school, and then once they get on campus, their skill set, their size might be more suitable to playing guard at the college level. So I don't know how the coaching staff views these guys right now. It's still pretty early on. These guys still have a lot more high school football left to play. But either way, I think Notre Dame should get at least one, potentially two more tackles in this class because they really need to continue to build out that position. Um, I don't know what the future is for Charles Jagasaw. He did start at left tackle in the bowl game, so that would lead us to believe that he's probably going to be the left tackle for the future. But then again, he did play guard during the season. His only other game action prior to that was at guard. So there's a lot of people out there who think that he's actually best suited to play guard. I'm not sure how the coaching staff feels about him right now, but still I think the best thing that Notre Dame can do is continue to add more high-end talent at tackle and then just get the five best guys on the field. That's a that's a recipe for success at the offensive line position. And right now, Notre Dame is in good shape. I really like Will Black. I think he can be really good. But if they're able to land guys like Lang, like Strabeg and like Augustine, um, that's going to be another really impressive offensive line haul because even though Notre Dame is going to be pretty ex- inexperienced at that position this year, um, Notre Dame has recruited the offensive line extremely well you know, pretty much the past five years, basically. And, and you would think that the position sort of recruits itself, but still, you can never get complacent. You need to always continue to work hard and try to get elite guys at that position. All right, coming up next, another position that recruits itself that, frankly, Notre Dame needs to do a little bit better at. It's coming right up. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why they've created tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Speaking from my own experience, I know that whenever we're looking to make a new hire, we use LinkedIn to help find the perfect new team member, and it's so easy because they do the heavy lifting. It's not just another job board. LinkedIn's got a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates, so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why owners ranked LinkedIn Jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And we all know hiring can be time-consuming, but adding the right team member can be crucial to achieving your goals in 2024. LinkedIn also knows that small business owners are wearing so many hats and might have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post a job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We continue with my list of Notre Dame's biggest needs uh, in the class of 2025 on offense. And number three, I've got tight end. Now, Notre Dame already has a tight end commit in this class, and I think he's really good. It's four-star tight end James Flanagan. He's the number six tight end in the class according to the 24-7 sports composite, and he's uh, the number 150 player overall. But I think they need another tight end in this class, and I think they need it bad. Now, a big reason for that is because they only have two underclassmen tight ends on the roster right now, and Cooper Flanagan, who just finished his true or just finished his true freshman season, is going to be a sophomore next season, and he was really impressive as a true freshman. I'm going to be honest. I did not expect him to play nearly as much as he did, and I thought, you know, I always thought he would be a good receiving threat, but he really impressed as a blocker, as Notre Dame dealt with a lot of injuries at the position. And then in the offseason, Holden Stays announced that he was going to transfer to Tennessee. So Notre Dame has to sort of 
pick it back up at that position. They also added Jack Larson in the class of 2024, and I think he is very talented at catching the ball. But he's a little bit undersized, especially what Notre Dame is looking for at that position. And then you've got Eli Raritan, who's a rising junior, but he only has two years of eligibility left, and he has a history of injuries. So even though I think the potential for Raritan is through the roof, there's always going to be um, a bit of a concern with him as well. And as I mentioned uh, in the first segment, Offensive line is a position that sort of recruits itself at Notre Dame, given the history, given the tradition uh, of success for that group at Notre Dame. Tight end is is right up there with it. If it's not the best position Notre Dame has had in recent years, it's second behind offensive line. So Notre Dame needs to continue to build at that position, and they they can't just get, like, the good prospects, right? Like, Jack Larson could end up being really good, but he was the number 30 tight end of the class and not even in the top 100 or top 450 players nationally, according to the 24-7 sports composite. That's not going to cut it at Notre Dame, let's be honest. And even though James Flanagan, four-star, number six overall, like, that's sort of the field that Notre Dame needs to be playing in. I think another name to watch for in this class is Lincoln Kerr. He is the uh, number two tight end in this class, number 41 player overall. If Notre Dame is able to land Flanagan and Kerr, that would be a really, really impressive haul. Like, Notre Dame recruited Michael Mayer a few years ago, and I know that Michael Mayers don't necessarily grow on trees, but Notre Dame should be in the running for the Michael Mayers every single year at the tight end position. You, you just look in the NFL and you see how many guys are playing really well at tight end that are from Notre Dame. Like I was watching the Chiefs Dolphins game um, this past weekend and Durham Smythe was catching some passes. I'm like, like if you were to think about the best Notre Dame tight ends in the NFL, like you, it's easy to forget him, even though he's been a really consistent guy throughout his career in the NFL. And then you've got a guy like Brock Wright, who barely even played at Notre Dame because they were so loaded at the position. Um, and he's made a good career for himself at the next level as well. So even though Notre Dame is in a good spot, as we look ahead to next season with Mitchell Evans, once he returns from injury, um, I think Eli Raritan is going to be really good. And then Cooper Flanagan is going to continue to develop. That's great. Notre Dame needs to continue to reload at that position. And then every once in a while, you're going to get that Michael Mayer. Get a guy who comes in as a true freshman and jumps some top guys ahead of him like Mayer did when he uh, jumped Tommy Tremble, who was a junior and ended up leaving and got drafted in the third round by the Panthers, even though he played behind a true freshman throughout much of that year, even though he was on the field a lot in 12 personnel. That is what Notre Dame needs to do. So they need to add a second tight end in this class. That's why I have tight end at number three. At number four, I've got interior offensive line. Now, that might seem a little odd considering Notre Dame has a bunch of interior linemen right now fighting to start for next season. They've got Pat Coogan, who started at left guard throughout this past season. They've got Rocco Spindler, who got the start at right guard. Then he suffered a season-ending injury. And then Billy Shrouth came in. And Billy Shrouth came in with a ton of hype around him. He's a really talented recruit coming out of high school. Notre Dame worked hard to get him out of Wisconsin. And people are really, really high on him. There's been some comparisons to Quentin Nelson. So whenever that name gets thrown around, you know that this dude is a serious player. And then you've got Charles Jagasaw, who I talked about earlier, who, even though he played left tackle in the Sun Bowl, it's very possible that Notre Dame moves him inside, and then you've got another interior offensive lineman who's really talented, but who's fighting for a spot. And then Ashton Craig, he seems to be the anchor at center for the foreseeable future. Notre Dame told Zeke Rell, a fifth-year senior who actually wanted to come back to Notre Dame next season, that he was probably better off transferring elsewhere because they believe that Ashton Craig is the present 
and the future of that position. So they're pretty much set there at center, but they need to continue adding um, high-level interior offensive linemen because if you look at the past couple recruiting cycles, the guys that they brought in who are projected to play on the interior of the offensive line, they're not the highest-rated guys in the class. And I know that recruiting rankings aren't everything, but they're a pretty good indicator of what a guy is going to do at the next level. So in 2024, Notre Dame added four-star Anthony Knapp. Uh, he was the number 30 tackle in the class, but he was outside the top 350 players nationally. They also added Peter Jones, another guy who could potentially play tackle, but Notre Dame projects him more on the interior. Um, so he's another good player, but again, they don't really have any pure interior linemen um, in this class right now, and they didn't really have any in the class prior to that either. So even though Notre Dame is always looking to sort of mix and match guys once they get on campus and once they get to see them in pads more frequently, I still think it's imperative for Notre Dame to work to add some more high-end interior offensive linemen in this class because even though tackle is very important, if Notre Dame wants to run the ball at will like they need to do in order to, to be successful and achieve the goals that they want to achieve, they need to be really strong on the interior. So I feel like given the fact that they don't have any guys currently committed in the class right now and just sort of the the nature of the position, even though those guys are fighting at the top to start next season, they need to continue building, uh, building up that youth and then work uh, to just have a really strong offensive line for the foreseeable future. Because if they continue to add in top guys, yeah, some guys are going to leave, but uh, it's going to be survival of the fittest, and Notre Dame will have a really strong offensive line going forward. All right, coming up next, a few positions who Notre Dame is in good shape with right now, but still could always look to improve. That's coming up. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can also find bets in the new Explorer tab, or you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is actually the best way to find popular parlays and more. So last week... My pick throughout the week was Browns minus two and a half going up against the Texans. And then the Texans absolutely smoked the Browns on Saturday uh, in the first wild card game of the weekend. As a Browns fan, that was pretty painful to watch. So you know what I'm doing this weekend? I'm taking the Texans plus nine and a half. They're big dogs going up against the Ravens. And I know the Ravens are the one seed. They've got Lamar Jackson, who's likely going to be the MVP. But you know what? I think the Texans can hang around long enough and cover that nine and a half point spread. So give me Houston this weekend. Visit Fandle.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fandle, an official partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by Chase Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just take a moment to talk about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my family members or friends got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, Chase Medical is here to help. The Chase case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. Visit chasemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to chasemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's chasemedical.com. Offer code locked on for $20 off your order. 
All right, I've got two more positions to round out my list of the biggest needs on offense for Notre Dame in this recruiting cycle. And at number five, I've got quarterback. And this one is pretty self-explanatory. Notre Dame already has a quarterback commit in this class, and it is the highest-rated commit they have in the entire class, and that is four-star quarterback Deuce Knight. He is the number five quarterback in the class. He's the number 55 player overall in the 24-7 sports composite, and the dude is a stud. And the year prior to that, Notre Dame also added a stud in four-star quarterback C.J. Carr. He was also a top-five quarterback, and Notre Dame has been recruiting the quarterback position so much better under Marcus Freeman than they have in years past. I also really like Kenny Minchie. I think that he has a really bright future in college. And guess what? It's great that Notre Dame continues to add more great quarterbacks out of high school. Yes, some of those guys are probably going to leave at some point or another because these guys want to play, and there can only be one quarterback on the field at one time. But I love what Notre Dame has been doing at the position. I could have put them at number six, but I didn't. I put them at number five, and here's why. Even though it's great that they've got Deuce Knight committed right now, and I know that he's been doing a bunch of stuff online. He's like the biggest recruiter in the class right now. I have no reason to think that he would decommit, but you never know. You really don't, okay? And even though Deuce Knight is saying all the right things, he's doing all the right things, it's January 17th. Signing day is almost a year away. So, Notre Dame's top priority in the class really should be preserving Deuce Knight and making him um, stay true to his verbal commitment and then sign on the dotted line comes signing day. But you always have to be prepared, especially at a position like quarterback, because no matter what, Notre Dame needs a quarterback in the cycle come signing day. So I'm not saying they need to recruit other guys aggressively, but they need to always be monitoring the situation. Never get caught where a guy leaves and you aren't prepared, you don't have another name to potentially throw an offer at and figure it out. Notre Dame didn't add Kenny Minchie until like November of like a couple of weeks before signing day um, a couple of years ago. That's not really what you want to be. That's not the situation you want to be in, but it was just the case. Notre Dame missed on Dante Moore. They missed on uh, Vizina, Jackson Arnold, all those guys. And at one point, it looked like they weren't going to get a quarterback in that class, and then they did at the very last second. Notre Dame is in a much different position right now. They've got Deuce Knight. They're in really good shape. They got C.J. Carr in front of them. I don't know who is going to have the better career at Notre Dame. It's impossible to predict. Okay, And anyone who tells you that they know how it's going to work is absolutely lying to you. Look at the NFL. It's Those guys are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions of dollars to evaluate quarterbacks in the NFL draft, and they screw it up every single year. That's why there's like a 50% bust rate in first-round quarterbacks every single year. That's not to say that they shouldn't draft quarterbacks in the first round. Look at the playoffs, look at the top guys. They're almost all drafted in the first round, but still, these guys get it wrong all the time, and that's the same thing in the college level as well. So Notre Dame needs to continue to add top, top-end quarterback talent every single year and right now they're in great shape they've got to snipe I feel really good about it I don't think he's going to decommit but I've got him at five it's not a top priority in terms of looking to add guys but I think they should just look a little bit more and just more than the next position um, because I just feel like they're in good shape but you just always need to be prepared so number six I got running back why they've already got two commits in this class and four star Justin Thurman and three star Daniel Anderson I was pretty surprised that they moved so quickly at this position, especially with guys like Thurman and Anderson, who are good prospects, but they aren't like the 
absolute 100% takes, in my opinion, given their recruiting rankings. So Thurman is the number 24 ranked running back in the class. Daniel Anderson is the number 39. The reason why I'm a little bit surprised is because Notre Dame had Kedron Young and Aeneas Williams, two very talented four-star backs, locked up very early in the class of 2024 cycle. So they had them, and then Dylan McCullough could basically shift all of his attention to the class of 2025, and he moved quickly. He got two commitments um, almost immediately. So Notre Dame is set in this class with two guys. They don't need any more, and they were set in the class before with two guys in Young and Aeneas Williams. I think the future for both of those guys is extremely bright, and I think Young could play pretty much right away. It's going to be very interesting to see how Notre Dame rotates their running backs next season because we know how much Dylan McCullough likes to do that, the running backs coach. But then again, I think that there are some negative effects to that because sometimes you need to just give your your top backs the ball. Like I think the fact that Notre Dame did not give Audrick Essay the ball more on that last drive against Ohio State altered the course of the entire season. We're going to be talking about that for years, decades to come. So sometimes I think he rotates a little bit too much. It's great that they have as much talent in the room as they do, but sometimes you need to just ride the hot hand and give the ball to the best player. And the future at the Notre Dame running backs position is young. So they've got Jadarian Price, who really impressed in the Sun Bowl, had over 100 rushing yards, and he's actually only going to be a retreat sophomore next season because he missed his entire freshman season due to a torn Achilles injury. Then you've got sophomore Jeremiah Love, who looks so explosive and looks to have some of that raw athletic ability that Notre Dame hasn't had at the running back position in some time. I almost feel that Kyron Williams is underrated both uh, as a running back in the NFL, but also the way we talk about him in college. Like he was so good at Notre Dame. And I know Notre Dame fans know that, but some of the outside perception of Notre Dame running backs in the past, like I don't think they give Kyron Williams the credit he deserves for what he did at Notre Dame. He was truly a great college running back, and now that is translated to the NFL as well. So Notre Dame has a bunch of guys in that running back room who are really good. Now, running back is another position where guys could leave at any time because there's only one ball. And even if Dylan McCullough likes to rotate a lot, when you rotate as much as he does, sometimes you get guys who are only getting like three carries a game. That's not really great, especially uh, if you're trying to get into a rhythm with the ball. So odds are Notre Dame is probably going to end up losing a guy. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to try to make any predictions. But my guess is that after the spring, one of the current running backs on the roster will enter their name in the transfer portal, look to get opportunities elsewhere. So even with two guys currently committed in this class and two guys committed in this class before, I still feel like even if a guy does leave, they don't really need to add another guy. They're in good shape. Now, you always have to think about what could happen with Dylan McCullough. That's a coach who, whenever I'm asked, like, is is there another guy in the staff who might look elsewhere, might look to leave? I always say he's probably the most likely to, given the fact that he's had um, a history in the NFL, won a Super Bowl ring as an assistant on the Kansas City Chiefs. I could always see him maybe deciding to bolt to the NFL at this point, I haven't heard anything about his aspirations to get back to the NFL, but he's also a guy who does have, like, he's a very ambitious dude. He doesn't want to just be a running backs coach forever. He's been open about the fact that he wants to eventually become a head coach. He's probably going to have a better chance to do that if he's an offensive coordinator elsewhere, considering Notre Dame just hired Mike Denbrock to be the offensive coordinator. I don't think that's going to happen at Notre Dame. So if McCullough leaves, maybe some guys enter the transfer portal and maybe a couple of these guys decommit. I don't really know. But even then... Just given the nature of the room uh, Notre Dame has right now, given all the talent they have in the room, especially the young guys in Price and Love, and then you got Young and Williams coming in and two guys already committed in this class, I think they're set 
at running back in this cycle. So in review, my list, at number one, I've got wide receiver. That's the biggest need on offense in this class. They need three more guys at that position. Then I've got tackle at number two. I think they need at least one more, maybe two. Then tight end, they just need one more. They already have a guy committed. If they get one more, they're set there. Then interior offensive line, two to three. Um, Now, if they have a few more tackles and they want to move them to interior offensive line, that works too. But still, they need at least two or three more guys who will play that position in college. Running back, uh, they're good. Or excuse me, at five, I've got quarterback. They're good right there. And then at six, I've got running back and they're set there as well. So that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks again for making Lockdown Irish your first listen of the day. Tune in to tomorrow's show for the biggest needs on the defensive side of the ball in the class of 2025. And then, as I said earlier, another mailbag on Friday. Get those questions in. You could send them in um, in the comments on YouTube. If you're watching the show, you got a question, drop them in the comments. I don't normally look at the comments. I usually try to stay away from them. They can be a pretty toxic place sometimes. But when it comes to the mailbag, I always look at them uh, and check them out for some questions so you can send them in that way. Or you can do it on social media. Uh, the X account is at Lockdown Irish. The Instagram is at Lockdown Irish Pod. Or you can follow my personal X account. It's at Tyler W O J C I A K. Same time, same place tomorrow, guys. See you then.